opening session. We're like, well, you want you to come and say this, right? No, it was this thing of God really moving and doing his thing. And, and so um, we've been talking about God doing breakthrough and bringing breakthrough. And we think about breakthrough, biblically speaking, we, it's kind of akin to spiritual growth, right? We, we talk about this all, kind of stuff all the time. We're talking about growing and maturing in Christ, right? We talk about spiritual growth. And, and we talk about this idea of going from point A to point B. The writer of Hebrews says, even though you should be eating spiritual meat by now, you're actually drinking spiritual milk. You are an infant. You should be in a, it was okay for you to be an infant when you were supposed to be an infant, but by now you're supposed to stop wearing diapers. You're 30 years old, right? And you're supposed to be growing now in your faith. You're supposed to have gone from point A to at least point B and hopefully point C, right? In scripture, there's this continual growth that's supposed to be taking place in our lives, in our lives with Christ. That's the idea of this term discipleship that we've been, that we use, the Bible talks about, right? Being disciples. Of Christ. What does that mean? Well, it means I'm becoming a disciple. I am following Jesus so that I may every day become more like him, moving forward in growth and growing into his image. And so when we talk about barriers coming down, we talk about breakthrough in our life in a spiritual sense. What we're talking about is this idea of spiritual maturity, of spiritual growth and growing into Christ likeness every day. And so, obviously, we talk about all these different barriers that get in our way of, of spiritual growth. We've been talking also about barriers that are just hindering life in general for you, things that you are wrestling with. And the idea is there's a frustration. There's a frustration in us, isn't there, if we're honest, when we feel like we hit an obstacle and we can't continue to move forward. It's like there's this tension or there's, there's just this angst inside of us. We, we find ourselves, if it, it just reveals itself sometimes when you're talking to your, to your kids or to your friends or to your spouse and all of a sudden you kind of blow up at them and you have no, and they're like, why? I didn't do anything. And you don't really know why you just blew up, but there's just something going on in your heart and something inside of you. It's like this, there's just this tension that causes this angst and this frustration in you. And I, and I think a lot of times for us that that's this, this barrier in our lives. It's in need of breakthrough. And so this is what we're in. We're in this season saying God wants to do this work. He, he desires to bring breakthrough, to tear down these barriers in our, in our lives. And we've been talking about that. So the last couple of weeks we've been you know, looking at different things. We looked at Ephesians chapter uh, 2 and 3. We, we spent time looking at these different guys, Thomas and, and Peter, who were experiencing the, their own barriers in this life. And so what I want to say to you is this. We've We've basically been, we've been doing, uh, what I would say, building a foundation. Building a foundation. We've been coming over here for the last couple of weeks, and we said, all right, here's the foundation that we've built. We've built this foundation for the last couple of weeks, and what this week is is simply a transition. This is only a transition week. We're not going anywhere super deep or super important this morning, right? This is at least what I'm teaching, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus in on one verse, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It says this, as a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. I'll read it again. As a prisoner, Paul saying, I'm a prisoner for the Lord, therefore I urge you, I urge you with this great importance, with great weight behind my words, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. 
So what you have here is a transition verse. This is the central point of the entire book of Ephesians. The chapter 1 through 3, it's the first bookend. It's the first part of it, right? There are two parts of Ephesians. If you break it down, there's the chapter 1 through 3, Paul laying out a foundation for the church in Ephesus, laying out this complete foundation. And then then there's this verse, which is the opening of the door and the walking through to the second part of Ephesians, which is chapter 4 through chapter 6. They are both bookends to this verse here in chapter 4, verse 1. Okay, Chapter 4, verse 1 is the opening of the door, a transition moment from a foundation that's been laid to something else that... Paul is trying to move them, in, move them into. And so what I would say is this, for the last couple of weeks, what we've done is we've basically kind of named, in a, not going verse by verse, but just in a general sense, we've named the foundation that Paul was building for the church in Ephesus in his conversation with the Gentiles as we named three things. And we said about, we said about breakthrough, we said, number one, that barriers in our lives are real. Barriers in our lives are real. We said that, remember? Talked about, hey, in the life of Thomas, in the life, there was unbelief and doubt. It was a barrier to what God was doing. It said that Peter, Peter had a condemnation and guilt that he was wrestling with in his life. It was something that was there because, well, he had denied Christ three times in a very short period of time. And now he's wrestling, do I really love God? Do I really love Jesus? Do I really love him? There's this tension going on. In the last week with the Gentiles, we said, remember the Gentiles were anybody who was not a Jew, right? And we said, in Ephesians 2, 1, it says, hey, you as Gentiles were separated completely and wholly from God. You were completely separated. You had no relationship with him. You were completely disconnected until God moved in your life, right? So there's this, there's a barrier. There's literally a barrier, a separation between the Gentiles and God. There was a separation. They had no relationship with God. It was only disconnect. All they could, all they saw between them and God was a barrier, a barrier. So the barrier was real. And we know in our lives, barriers are real. I was talking to a girl uh, this week. She's a counselor. And she said, you know, Stephen, she works with trauma victims in counseling. And she said, you know, we've come to realize that over 60% of the women who are sitting in our churches today have been sexually abused. She said in our study of working with missionaries from all over the world over the last several years, we've come to this statistic that says over 90% of women who live kind of long-term in the mission field are sexually abused. These types of moments create barriers in our lives. Barriers are real. If you've talked to anybody who's, who's suffered with abuse, it always acts as a barrier in their life between other people and their relationships, and a lot of times between them and God. These barriers are real, and so we face them in life. We face them. Barriers in our lives, they can be real. And so the second thing that comes with that is barriers must come down. Barriers must come down. And we said that, um, that there is a deep resolve in the heart of God. A deep resolve in the heart of God to set people free. We saw him, Jesus chose to move in the life of Thomas. He chose to move in the life of Peter. And then Jesus says, says, while the Gentiles were separated from God, Jesus came and died for them. He says, for by grace you've been saved. Which all that means is this. Because Jesus decided to do it, and even though you didn't do anything to earn it, he set you free. He brought salvation to you. It was the work of God, which leads to number three. We said barriers then in our lives equal God moments. 
Barriers equal these moments where only one who can move and bring the barriers down is God himself. And the whole point we were getting at was simply stating, you can't remove the barriers. God has to do it. We saw him do that for for Thomas. We saw him do it for Peter. And we looked at him doing it for the Gentiles. This is a moment that we are helpless and in our own abilities incapable of bringing these barriers in our lives down so that we may have breakthrough. And So all I'm telling you is this. For the last two weeks, all that we have done is we have simply built a foundation of right thinking in our minds. What you don't know is this, and you don't like this word, a lot of you, is we've basically come and we've done what Peter did. We have created a right thinking or a correct doctrine of how God moves in our lives. Doctrine is simply just a a, a way of thinking, right? A way of thinking, a proper way of thinking in our minds about what is true. And so what Peter was, what Paul was doing for the church at Ephesus is saying, listen, What I want to do over here is lay a foundation for you. In the first three chapters here, what I want to do is I want to create correct thinking in your minds about who Jesus is and about who you are. So I'm going to spend the first three chapters of my sole agenda is to get you to have right thinking in your life to remember Christ is supreme and you are always secondary. You can't do all of this in your own strength. You have to connect to Jesus. Remember. That's what he does. A whole chapter, whole second chapter. Let me just remember, let's just remember where you came from. You were dead and lost and Jesus moved. You couldn't do a breaking down of your barriers in your own strength and in your own power and your own giftedness. Only Jesus could. And so what he's done is he's created this right thinking in their minds. Because how many of you know that improper thinking about Jesus and about who you are in the context of your life can be a barrier in and of itself? When we glorify ourselves and put ourselves up and we we spend more time thinking about how we can fix something about how great we are rather than just giving up and handing things over to Jesus, then we have, if we spend more time in our own strength trying to make things happen, then we have improper thinking. It's literally a barrier to God moving in our lives. And Paul's looking at the Gentiles saying, stop and let God do what God does. Stop and let him remove the barrier. Stop working so hard and killing yourself and being living stressed out and frustrated and worrying about all of these things. Only one thing is required. Mary chose it when she sat at the feet of Jesus and did absolutely nothing except just sit there and just look at him and watch him and learn. This is the foundation that he's building. And so Paul's coming and he's building this foundation. Then he comes in with a transit. So, so here's what we've done. What I want to say to you is this. The last two weeks, what I've tried to do is simply build a foundation for you of correct doctrine, a right thinking about who you are in light of God and how breakthrough in, happens in your life and how barriers come down. You can't do it. That's the doctrine. You can't do it. Only Jesus can And then we come into Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, and this is the transition. Because what Paul is about to do now is say, okay, we've left the foundation. Now I'm going to spend the next three chapters 
sharing about what your life should look like. Expectations on your life. Now, here in verse 1, it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. So put this picture up here, the scale, for me real quick. This is something you've all seen before. All, you know what this is? This is a justice scale, right? A justice scale. Now, when we talk here about calling, calling is very simple for all of us. Every single one of us in this room has the exact same calling. We've been called to Je- We've been called by Jesus to him to live for him in a relationship every day of our life. That's our calling. People wrestle every day. What's my calling? What's my calling? Really simple. You've been called by him, to him, to live for him by being obedient to him every day of your life. It doesn't really matter if you're the CEO of some company or a trash man. It doesn't really matter. Your calling is all the same. You've been called by him, to him, for him to live in a relationship so that how you live your life every day will be a testimony to the world of who Jesus is because of your relationship with him. So that's your calling. And what Paul then says here in this verse is, I'm urging you then to live a life that's worthy of the calling that you have to relationship with him. So what we have in this justice scale is this. When you talk about the word worthy, The word worthy is taken from the Greek word axios. The Greek word axios, which simply means uh, this, bringing up the other beam of the scales. Bringing up the other beam of the scales. And so you know what happens on this, right? You take one little bitty weight, you stick it on one side, and they completely get disproportionate, right? Because for these to be side by side, they have to be the exact same weight all the time. They're going to be equal to one another. And so what Paul has done, he's saying over here in this first bookend is I've given you right thinking. I've given you right thinking about who you are, about who God is, the supremacy of Christ. I've given you right thinking so that you need to know what you think and how you think about Jesus being supreme. So what he's done in the first three chapters is he's taken the balance and done this. He said, first and foremost, we have thinking. Right thinking, proper thinking about who you are in relationship to Jesus and who Jesus is. And then there's a transition. He says, then what we're going to do is this. We're going to move to the second piece, and the second piece is going to put weight on this side, and then you're going to be equal. So this can be the expression of your life. And the second expression is going to be chapter 4 through 6. And what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks is we're going to dive into chapter 4 through 6 of Ephesians. And what we're getting at is simply this. First over here, just to give you the nutshell, he's saying the first thing for breakthrough that happens in your life is you need to understand Jesus brings it, right thinking. And the transition over here says, but with right thinking must come right action. How you express what you believe is imperative and it's important. Your actions must match up with what you say you think and what you say that you believe. And if you read through, I mean, if you read through, just read it for the next couple of weeks, chapter 4 and 6. I mean, he's just being very honest, saying, and this is my expectation of you, that you live humble, that you live obedient, verse 2 and 3 of Ephesians chapter 4. He basically says, now, that here's live a life worthy. So you, you go be humble, you go be obedient, you go live at peace, you pursue it with everything that you have in you. Work hard to fulfill, to live a life worthy of the calling that you have. What is worthy? It means to have right thinking, 
that's expressed in right action. So what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about this area of breakthrough in our own personal lives. And what we're going to do is this. Our right thinking through right action simply means that we need to come to this place of realizing, this is important, that so many of us in need of breakthrough, it's not a matter of coming before God and pleading and pleading and pleading. It's, for many of us, it's simply coming to a place that we agree with Jesus about who he is and what he's already done in our lives. The cross already happened. We've already gone from death to life in the resurrection. And so many of us, we walk in need of breakthrough because of barriers in our lives that we simply have because of the Holy Spirit in us the power to break these walls down and how we live our lives every day. That's chapter 4 through 6. We're going to look at that later. But this morning, simply a transition is saying it's important now that you transition yourself from right thinking to right actions. And so this idea here is this, and this is where we're going to land, and then we're going to take some time this morning just to be with Jesus, is this. I believe that what needs to happen in our lives is that we have to come to this place that we partner with Jesus, that we partner with Jesus. This idea of coming alongside of him, of, of being a guy who, or a girl who comes alongside and says, Jesus, I want to be your partner. And, and how we now live this life together, me with you and you with me, me walking as, as your disciple for every day of my life, it's imperative that I'm living every day as your partner. Not every day choosing myself what I want to do, but I'm partnering with you and recognizing what you want for my life is the most important thing to me. And it's imperative that I'm living now in this partnership with you. So, begins this. First partnership we find is a partnership between our thoughts and our actions. I believe Paul's coming in and saying, listen, it's important that there is this partnership between your what you say that you believe and your actions. We've already been talking about this this morning, but there has to be a partnership in those. I'm living every, listen, this is important. You have to do an inventory, I would say literally every day of your life, saying, is what I believe in my biblical theological convictions about who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is, do, am I, is my everyday life expressing in action what I say I believe about who God is? Is there that, is there that expression? There has to be a partnership between what we believe and what we think about God and who he is, and then every day of our life and how we express it in our relationship with our children, with our spouse, with our parents, with uh, people that we work with, and our job itself, and the people that we drive by every day, and our neighbors in our neighborhood. Are my beliefs being expressed in my actions? If not, then there's no partnership between them. There has to be a partnership between our thoughts and what we believe and our actions. And Paul's saying, there ha- be worthy Be worthy of your calling. Make sure there's a balance between your thoughts and your actions. Secondly, I believe this this right action, this right action comes as we partner partner ourselves with Jesus. We have to be partnered with him. And I I think this picture, this is just a, a leadership principle, but I like this principle because of the picture it creates, is this. Partnership with Jesus is like partnering with him and rowing in a canoe. 
How many of you have read the book, The Canoe Principle? It's just a leadership principle. It's really, I don't know why they wrote a book about it. It's just really simple. If you're going to be in a canoe with somebody and you're trying to get to point B from point A, you have to row together. That's the whole book. Don't read the book. That's it, right? Just, 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 just row together, right? That's the whole book. If you're going to be partnered with somebody, then row together. If you, and so this idea, if it, obviously, you're riding down the river. If you've ever been in a river with rapids, you know that there are barriers, there are obstacles in your life. There are things you have to be aware of. And so with your partner, you want to make sure that if you need to turn right, you know how to say, turn right. And you know what to do, right? And so they're rowing, they're rowing. When it's time to stop, they're like, stop. You can start rowing backwards as fast as you can. Right? It's a really cool thing. I love being in a canoe in a river. And you start paddling backwards and your boat is stopped in the river. Right? It's a cool thing. But you can't do that. If your partner's up front going, stop, they're like, okay, rowing forward, right? It's just not going to be real productive at all. And so this idea, this canoe principle is that in this, in this transition that, that, that Paul is making is saying, listen, it's imperative that you are living your life partnered with Jesus, living a life of obedience, making sure that you have right thinking expressed in right action. As you are partnered with Jesus, as you're rowing, Together. Now, rowing together and being partnered with him does not mean that you're in control of when breakthrough will happen in your life, that you get to pick the time, right? Does it make breakthrough or happen? Does it make barriers come down in your life? What it simply does is it just gets you partnered with him. And I will tell you just honestly, if you are partnered with Jesus and you're rowing together every day of your life and you're being obedient to him, then barriers Will, hap- will come down in your life and breakthrough will happen. I'm not saying it's going to come right when you expect it to, and it may, be a, may take a while, but you put yourself in this place to row with him. One of the pictures I see in Scripture of this type of thing is, is the picture of the rich young ruler. Remember the story that Jesus is walking with his disciples and this guy comes up and he says, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, have you obeyed all the law? It's like, yeah, since I was a kid, I've obeyed the law. He looks at him and says, go sell all you have and give it to the poor. And the man says, the man went away sad, for he was wealthy. And the idea was this, saying, okay, I've got right thinking, Jesus. I've got right thinking. Yeah, I followed the law. Right. I I know the law. I've obeyed it all my life. And, you know, as far as he knew. Right. I've got right thinking. Now I want to get in the canoe with you, Jesus. And Jesus says, well, if you want to get in the canoe, it's important that we're partnered together. Therefore, I see an obstacle, a barrier in your life. You need to go sell all that you have and give it to the poor because it literally your wealth and your status and the power that comes with it is literally a barrier. And I recognize it's going to keep us from being partnered together and rowing together. I need that wall to come down. And all of a sudden, he goes away. Why? Because he had right thinking. But he could not allow, but it it could not, it it couldn't be turned into action for him. It's like we can sit in our canoe and if we go ride a canoe somewhere, we have a conversation, we get our thinking right. Okay, listen, when we get to this point over here, we're going to do this. And we're gonna, when we get over here and this happens, we're going to do this. And then we're going to row backwards and row to the right. And they're like, we have right thinking about our plans for the canoe. But as soon as we get in the canoe, you have a choice in this sense. Literally, you could get out there and say, all right, we're going to go left, but I'm going to go right. 
I'm going to start pulling backwards, right? We might have right thinking, a good plan in place, but there has to be the action behind it. And what Paul is, what, what Paul is getting at here with the church is saying, listen, right thinking is great, but you have to be partnered to Jesus in this. You have to be partnered. For, break, for a breakthrough is this happening in your life. It's important that you are living every day partnered with him. Just because you're partnered doesn't mean you get to say, hey, breakthrough's coming now, barrier's going to come down now. What it simply means is you, you've linked yourself with him. You're in agreement with him. Your beliefs are being fleshed out in your actions because your right thinking now is leading to correct action. I believe it's as we embrace partnership. And so what I want to do this morning is simply this. We're going to, we're going to end our time, and uh, I'm going to end my time up here, and Tate's going to lead us in worship, and we're going to simply going to do this. This morning is simply a transition moment for you. Okay, I've got my right thinking over here at least, supremacy of Christ, it's all him, I can't bring it myself. So then as I'm walking through the door, what we're saying now, now that I'm walking through the door, this transition moment, am I partnered with Jesus? Are my beliefs partnered with actions in my life? Is what I believe being expressed and how I live every day of my life? Am I partnered with him? Am I rowing together with him every day of my life in partnership with him, being obedient to everything that I know that he's called me to be obedient to? This morning, that's all we're going to do. That's all I'm asking you to do is simply we're going to end our time, and we're not going to end, we're going to end my, my time, and then we're going to worship. And you're going to stay right here as long as you need to stay. And we're just going to, we're just going to pray. And what all I want you to do is sit down before the Lord, and I want you to say, Jesus, I want you to expose me. Number one, is my thinking right? Am I thinking about you right? I see these barriers being breakthrough, but God, am, am I thinking correctly, God? Am I, am I trying to do it, or am I letting you do it? The second thing, then, is this transition moment. Jesus, am I really partnered with you. As I come in, God, the next week to talk about right actions and the things you're calling me to do and all this kind of stuff, the first thing I need to do is a gut level check to say, am I partnered with you? Am I going the same direction that you're going? Am I connected? Am I linked to you? And I simply want you to spend time before the Lord. You can come get on your face, come to the altar. I don't care where you go. This is as long as you feel like it's just you and Jesus. And I want you just to have this open and honest conversation about your partnership with Jesus and where you are with him. Okay? Where are you in your partnership with him? And allow him, as if, as if you're opening yourself up, it's like you're opening the, let's say your body is a door, the, the front door of your house, and you're simply opening the door, and you're saying, Jesus, I invite you to come and walk through every room of my house and see are there places that I'm not partnered with you, or my my actions are not being expressed in what I say I believe. In this transition moment, this is your safe moment to allow God to do that. And the rest of this week, you get to read through Ephesians chapter 4 through 6. That's your homework. And you get to just continue to allow him to bring you to himself to make sure that you all are rowing together in your partnership with right thinking and right action as you move forward in your life. It's very